Can you say the letter C? All right, jump right into it. Got a fun one this uh, for this week. Um, good buddy of mine, long time coming as far as podcast goes. We've got a lot in common. Our dad's got a lot in common, a lot of history there. So this is going to be fun. Beforehand, let's uh, let's jump right into who makes the podcast go as far as the wheels of this operation. So Grizzly Coolers, um, you guys hear me talk all the time. Summertime, it's hot. Cole and I have had some days where it's been the 90s, 100 with the heat index. I go from working with him straight into farming. Um, man, that Grizzly 15 hard and the Drifter 20. Pack some cold beers, some water, an energy drink, whatever you need. Yeah, I mean, the, the Grizzlies, honestly, it, it's been great to work with them. Great people made right there in Iowa. Code WCB10, or I'm sorry, code WCB to get you 10% off. Um, WCB10 is our Black Ovis code. Right now, I'm really pushing that arrow ID hard because I know there's a ton of you guys out there that are wanting to build arrows and either A, don't like it, or B, you don't have the time. Uh, or maybe it's a combination of both. I like building arrows. I know when Cole has time, he likes to build arrows, but here's the deal. Everybody's busy. The cool thing about the arrow ID is you go on blackovis.com. You can pick your shafts, pick your fletching, pick however you want to build your arrow, um, three fletching, four fletch, whatever. And within a week to 10 days, they'll have them shipped to you. Done. You screw field points in, shoot them, sight your bow in, screw broadheads on and go. Pretty legit. Um, I've been to that facility. I've seen the people behind the scenes as far as how they're building these arrows and the intricate um, system that they've got. To be honest with you, it's probably as good, if not better, than any arrow building I've seen. Um, I would have to say that most of them in there probably build a better arrow than myself. And I consider myself pretty good at it because I'm pretty anal when it comes to stuff like that. Um, but they are very, very damn good at what they do. And specifically, that's their job. That is all they do is they build arrows, cut shafts. Like that's that's their job. So check that out, Arrow ID through Black Ovis. Um, I can't say a whole lot, but they've got some new gear, Black Ovis gear. Um, it's going to be coming down the pipe. I should have it in another week or two to do some testing with it. But just keep an eye on that. Um, for early season hunts into maybe September, October, this stuff's going to be pretty legit. Um, I better be quiet so I don't get yelled at because I've already probably said too much. But just keep an eye out on Black Ovis for some of their new apparel releases coming up. Uh, let's see. What else? we got? Oh, Hunter's Box Club. Um, really good box this month. Shout out to Devin Leonard. Good buddy of mine. Um, first box is still free. $29.99, I believe, still shipped to your door. Um, you're going to get a t-shirt and usually a couple little trinket items in there to sweeten up the deal. So check that out, huntersboxclub.com. And last but not least, we got Novix Outdoors with my favorite Novix tree stands as far as hanging and banging goes. Um, that's kind of the style I've morphed into. I'd say I do that 75% of the time. Um, for me, Right now is when I start kind of thinking about, okay, early season, where am I, you know, what am I wanting to do? What, Where's bucks at? I've already got some targeted bucks, starting to figure out game plans. Um, I bounce around a lot early. Uh, I don't go into timber, so I'm bouncing around field edges and bouncing around right on the inside edges and corners and stuff. Um, hardly ever am I just in a lock-on, and it just stays there. I'm always playing the wind. 
Um, you know, those bucks are a little bit, I guess you could say, more lazy than what they will be in another month or two come into you know, October, November because they haven't been hunted. But it's still a game that, you know, the wind is do or die on everything. So that mobile setup, as far as with Novik Sticks, um, I ran four minis and I ran four of the long double steps last year. Both of those are great. Um, the, the Hilo, you know, that was kind of my go-to. So check those out if you're looking for a really, really lightweight mobile setup. Can't go wrong with anything that the good guys over there at Novix make right there in Illinois. With that being said, the man of the hour, the myth, the legend himself. If you're a Sandy Valley or surrounding area listener, man, you're probably jumping up and down right now whenever I say this dude's name. He's Like I say, he's a local legend. Owner and operator of Advanced Pressure Washing, which, by the way, we're going to get into that. I, I, I work for Cole now. Um, but with that being said, Cole Sikafus, my man, on the mic. What's up? How's it going, brother? Very good. Very good. We had a good day today and uh, glad to be on the podcast now. I would say uh, you said the man, the myth, the legend. I was sitting there thinking about it. I think I'm more myth than legend. That's okay. We covered, <laughs> we covered it all, you know? Yeah. You're, you never know where someone might run into you. You're kind yeah. of here, there, yeah. and everywhere. Yeah. So a little little background on this before we, we dive into this, because this is, this is going to be a really cool topic. Um, I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people. Um, I, I hear all the time, you know, man, I wish I could hunt more. I wish I could have more of a hunting lifestyle. I wish I could, you know, it, it's, it's always, there's always an excuse or something that's holding me back. Um, this podcast, what Cole has done, it, it's, it's going to, I think, be an eye-opener for a lot of people. Uh, it's kind of like the American dream mixed with the hunting dream all put together in one. But a little background, so our dads, um, your dad, Cole, and, and my dad, I mean, they've been good buddies for a long time. Your dad grew up hunting pretty much all the farms that I hunt right now. Your dad's mm-hmm. already found big sheds on, killed big deer on my home farm, a lot of my family farms, a lot of the farms we lease. Actually, when I was a kid, I can remember, you know, Cole's dad, Rob, and, and his uncle, Greg. I mean, they're local, legit local legends. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, in the shed game, um, in the whitetail world. I, I mean, just throw some numbers out. I mean, how many on the wall between those two? Probably over 55, 60, probably, between the two, at least. Oh, I mean, between the two of them. Um, I think the last time we counted the mounts in my dad's garage was like, 40 something and yeah. just my dad and that's, and that's your dad's yeah and then my uncle he's probably oh man i'm sure he's got another 30 or something okay so i was even i, I lowballed that so. yeah so we're talking probably 70 plus and these aren't um these are not uh 20 of these aren't 120 125 inch but i mean i would say the majority of these deer are deer that anybody and their brother's gonna kill i mean and a yeah. lot of them are giants i mean yeah, especially these last couple of years, both of them um, yeah. have just been doing really good. And I think if you like looked at the wall and took an average, I bet like, oh yeah, your average is one forty five yeah. plus. Yeah, which is between crazy. Two of them. Yeah, between that many heads, consistently year after year. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a matter of when I'm going to get a text from one of those two. <laughs> it, it, it's just, or it's not a matter of if. It's just a matter of when I'm going to get a text from one of those two that that they killed one, which has been really cool. Um, over the years, you know, I've got to hang out. Always been good buddies with Cole, but got to hang out, you know, with your dad and, and Greg. And I mean, it's it's crazy, you know, kind of how it's come full circle now. You know, uh, you and I are good buddies, and now we work together every day and 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 whatnot. But you know, kind of just give people your background, Cole, because I mean, you know, you grew up obviously with your dad and your uncle, you know, in this, you know, 
they were crazy, or still are crazy, but crazy, crazy, crazy about sheds and big whitetails. That's just, I mean, that's all you probably heard about growing up. So just walk us through a little bit of, of what life was like with those, you know, with having those two, because yeah. it's, you know, people on the podcast are going to listen and think, man, that's cool. You know, those guys are really into whitetails. Honestly, that doesn't even do it justice. I mean, I've heard your dad talk about quitting jobs, um, you know, relationships not working out. I mean, I mean, you know, a lot of sacrifices and a lot of things were literally based off of and made because of the love for deer sheds and hunting deer, you know, which is which is crazy to think about. But it's just the passion that they have. Yeah, I, I really I uh, I can't express enough when I talk to the about talk to the people about this. It's like I can't express enough how fortunate I am to have both of those Absolutely. in my network, both yep. my uncle and my dad and even a lot of their friends too, all oh, the yeah. people that have helped raise me. Um, yep. It, I'm so unbelievably fortunate because those guys both eat, sleep Oof. and breathe. Oh yeah. Whitetail hunting yep. and, and more specifically whitetail hunting than anything else. They uh they both manage property. They both yep. consistently kill big deer. They both I mean I don't even know what the word is for how how into it they are. I think my dad has uh I'm pretty sure he's never missed a gun season his entire life. Oh, I, I would, I would <laughs> no work, that. no school, no nothing yeah, has ever came in the way of that. <laughs> yeah. Um obsession is a good word for most people, but that doesn't even describe honestly the level they're at because there's a lot of people I know that are obsessed with hunting or obsessed with but, but they're on a whole nother yeah, it's and, a whole nother level. And I think too it 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 helps out a lot for them and myself to learn. Um you gotta think when they were growing up, they didn't have the resources we have to learn what right. we know. Like you if you have a problem with hunting and you're trying to figure something out, you can go to a WCB podcast and right. learn something. Yep. You can go to YouTube. Google, YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, there's Insta- so many resor- resources to learn. And um I hear all the stuff my dad told me he's like yeah well this wasn't working so we tried this i'm like well how'd you think like what'd you google to find that out you know he's like well we just sat there and stared at it and drunk beer till we figured something out you know it's good philosophy yeah and i think about that all the time like their their mindset when they were learning everything about whitetail hunting just Mm -hmm. i mean you have to to know yeah. what they know at this yeah. level in this day and age. Is... So much trial and error. I can, oh, yeah. I, I can remember being a little kid um, in the barn. So we were still milking cows then. And your, I can vividly remember your dad and uncle walking in, and they would take milk jugs and they would fill up cow piss and they would use that in scrapes. They would use that as like cover, some, sense, cover scent on yeah. their boot because around all the farms, you got cow shit all over the fields, and you got cow pit. I mean, we use that fertilizer, so nowhere is a whitetail around anything that we got not used to smelling a cow. Yeah. I mean, cow shit, the smell of a cow, cow piss, and it's very distinct. Yep. And I can vividly remember them doing that, and I remember they left, and I'm like, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty little. I'm probably, I don't know, between 8 and 10. I can remember asking my dad, like, what are they doing? Like, what are, what are they doing with that? And then he explained it to me, and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm, I'm like little, you know. And then as a couple years go by, and I'm actually learning now. Now I'm bow hunting on my own. Now I'm doing, and I'm like, oh my god, that's genius. Like, 
then I find like now I'm doing, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. now I'm doing that kind of stuff. Like I'm yeah. rubbing my boots and shit before I go hunt. I'm, t- you know, take collecting cow urine and I, like, like, I'm like, Oh my God, it's genius. And they didn't read that anywhere. Like they come up like no. that, that. That wasn't no. some, Hey, I was on Instagram and this guy was showing a video collecting cow piss. Like they learned that on their own. They come up with that, <clears> which is crazy because it's, it's genius, but like, you know, that just they're like, hey, how can we mask our scent? How can we, you know, what can we do here that'll that'll be something, you know, pee smells different if we put this in. So I, got, I remember your dad talking about they experimented with it in scrapes. Sometimes it worked great, sometimes it didn't. But cover scent was the main thing that it was used for, you know. Yeah, and even something to make them stop. Oh yeah, yeah, just you know, hang I mean? out there for a like, second. Like, hey, what is this? Right, bam, there's right. your shot. You know, right? Yeah, there's a there's there are a wealth of knowledge when it comes to little tips and tricks. Oh and, yeah. I one specifically that stands out to me is I remember a couple of years ago I remember I get I hung this stand and uh, I kept getting winded every single time and I'm like man I don't understand mm-hmm. it's a northeast wind it should be good these deer should not be smelling me and my dad's like well what what about that spoil behind you like what's that wind yeah. on once it gets to that I'm like right I don't know man that's behind me right. <laughs> you know right. and uh, I was sitting there trying to figure it out and he was like well here we used to do this and pulled out some smoke bombs. Mm-hmm. He's like, just go over there, light a smoke bomb, and follow the smoke. Yep. You can see where the smoke goes, you know. Yep. Do it on a northeast wind. Do yep. it on a west wind. Do yep. it on an east wind so you know what that wind's doing. You can yep. just watch the smoke. And I was like, oh, my gosh. How yep. have I not seen that on TV? How have I not seen that in a magazine? Was it hitting that spoil bank and then coming back? It was wrapping around. Wrapping, yep. yep. It yep. would hit that, wrap around, and yep. come right back out right to the front out. of the trail. Yep. yep. And they were they was pinning them at Picking 25, 30 yards. Yep. So... All right, so so your your little Cole, you're growing up, you're you're you know you are surrounded by thoughts and dreams of big deer with your dad and your uncle twenty four seven. So at give us a breakdown. At what age did you start to think like, man, I want to have an outdoor lifestyle. I want to be able to you know I'm going to be able to, to hunt and fish and 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 like the, when did the wheels start to turn for you to where you're like, yeah, just the normal job isn't going to work for me. And and that was hard. You know, I've heard your, you know, your uncle had his own business. I've heard your dad. Mm-hmm. He's told me, dude, I've gave up jobs. I've quit job because it just wasn't a good fit for me. My lifestyle, you know, finally, then your dad gets into a business where, man, this is, this fits my gig. Perfect. Like this works, but he's, you know, I've heard him talk about it took multiple jobs to figure that out. So at what point did you hit the stage of like, shit, man, I'm the same way. Like, I got to figure something out because just the normal job where you get two weeks paid and you work eight to three, eight to four, like when did it kind of start to click? Like, yeah, it's not going to work for me. Like it just isn't going to be it. Yeah. I'll be honest. I wasn't like, I wasn't, you hear these kids say like, oh, I eat, sleep and breed bow hunting my whole life. It's always done. I grew up a trapper. Mm-hmm. If I'm being completely honest, I wasn't, I mean, I was still into it, but I wasn't right. near as into it as I am now. Right, right. Um, as I was growing up. Right. I'd, oh, I'd agree with that because I, I knew you in high school and oh, you, yeah. you liked to hunt. Dude, but... I loved to skateboard. I was right. a big skateboarder oh, yeah. for a while. Right. And, I remember that. Uh, I, wrestler, know, good wrestler. Maybe, yeah, I mean, wrestled you, in high school. Yeah. Just a little bit of everything. I loved to. Uh, right. I think that's what a lot of people do when they're younger. You you try a bunch of different shit to figure out like oh yeah what you yeah. love and what you don't love. But right, right. Um, a lot of irons in the fire all the time. Hunting was always something like I really enjoyed. But it wasn't until a little bit, maybe even like senior year or year after senior year that I was like, you know, everything else has just kind of came and went. Hunting has always been here. Yep. And 
It's a constant in your life. Yes. Yep. And and as I got older, I started buying my own groceries. Yep. And you realize the benefit you get through oh, all yeah. the meat. Like now, that's more oh, important to geez. me than oh, shooting yeah. the deer Absolutely. or shooting anything. Is the being able to fill my freezer. But, Especially um, in today's world, with, yeah. I mean, beef prices are are already going through the roof, and then you look at pork. I mean, yeah, it's if you're buying all your meat and you're feeding, I mean, hell, look at just you by yourself. The difference between what you need in a week's time to live and what I need for me and the two boys that I'll have half of oh, yeah. every week. Oh, I mean, it's a couple hundred dollar difference in what I need versus what you. I mean, I couldn't imagine having to buy meat. Because both of them, especially my youngest, he'll go through meat like it's going to style. Easton's still a little, he likes some, doesn't like some. My youngest, I mean, you give him a freaking elk steak and he'll eat the whole damn thing. He'll be yeah. ready to throw up 20 minutes later because he's so full, but like, they, you know, they love it. Whereas that, you know, instead of me just feeding me, it's now I got two little guys too. So. Yeah, I can honestly say, like, I feel like a lot of people say it. But they're still like, oh, I bought a pound of burger here and there. But I can legitimately say that I have not bought store-bought yep. burger in probably a couple of years. And I could vouch for that because, I mean, I work with you every day. I, I know what yeah, you're Yeah, unless you know. it's like I go to a restaurant I get a burger or something. Sure, yep. it's a beef burger. But I eat about a pound to a pound and a half of venison in some way or form yep. almost every day. Every day. Yeah. Yep. So, so, so now you get out of high school and – so you worked, you worked at, at, you had the same job that I had, not the same department, but right out of college when I was still getting everything figured out, I went up and worked at MK Morris and you ended up working there too. Now that was what, right out of, right after high school, which it's, it's a factory job. You know what I mean? It's, it's a, it's kind of your standard, you know, Hey, you're going to make this much. You're going to get this every week. You're going to be here every day. So walk me through that. You're, you're doing that and the job you had up there was a pretty good gig. It was kind of just you on your own. You could listen to podcasts. You, you know, you kind of had your own deal going on, which was cool. Um, when did it click though? Like, man, this isn't for me. Like, it's just not, this just isn't it. Yeah. So, um, as Clint said earlier, I'm the owner of Advanced Pressure Washing. It's a power washing exterior cleaning company here in Northeast Ohio. Um, Backtrack a little bit. There for a while, actually, before I worked at MK Morris, I worked for an oil and gas company as a roustabout. Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah, about that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, that was right out of high school, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. Roustabout. We yeah. I forgot like about that. Yep. 30 hours a day. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but while doing that, I was in charge of a – we were power washing the derricks before they tear them down because mm-hmm. you got to get all the oil and grease and shit yep. off of there before they go down the road to their next drill site. Yep. And – um I was watching what these guys were doing. I'm like, man, I can do this. Like, oh yeah, I can do this way better. Yeah. yeah. And so, long story short, I built my first power washing trailer while I worked there for that company. And um, like right about the time I finished my trailer and everything, I ended up having a little bit of a falling out with the company and parted ways with them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, perfect. I got my trailer built. I'm gonna go right, right. in and I'm gonna steal all your work. And yep. I quickly got humbled and realized that. I'm vastly underqualified to just jump right into the oil field. Hey, hire me. Right. You know, some 21, 22 year old kid that I really didn't know anything about qualifications. I had no insurance. Running off bush light and pissing vinegar. Exactly. Yeah. So I was just, I was just looking for my next dollar and a good time. And, um, man, I got $800. It's a Friday night. I'm freaking rich. Yeah. I remember reaching out to somebody. I was one of the oil and gas companies. I called them like, Hey, you guys need any power washing? And they're like, 
Well, yeah, possibly we can put you on a vendor's list. Uh, what's your insurance policy? Like, I don't know, I'm working on it. Yeah. It's like, we need like $3 million umbrella. <laughs> like, oh, well. Well, shit. Okay, well, I'm going to yeah. get off here now. Yeah, so I got humbled pretty quickly on that. and um, Honestly, though, that was probably good for you. Because it, it was. It opens, I mean, many, many times in my early 20s, I had things happen in the outdoor industry where it was, wow, yeah, holy shit, I'm a small, small fish in a big, big pond oh, type yeah. of thing. And, yeah. and it makes you, makes you really realize how important it is to work at something and grind and learn to, to trade whatever you're doing because it's there's a lot of other people out there that are above and beyond what you're doing. You know, you might oh, not think gosh, so, yeah. but there yeah. is. Yeah, and and to fast forward a little bit, I I could go in so many different directions with it, but um, to fast forward a little bit, I didn't ultimately end up working at um, MK Morris. I yep. still had my first power washing trailer that I built set up. I just, I wasn't using it and I needed money, so... I found myself at MK Morris, and um, now what were you doing there at MK? Just so people, because because it's it's a factory, it's, it's a yeah, shop factory yeah. job, you know. Like I yeah, was running a, laser welders when I was there. I was running two laser welders, um, and I you know I, I was welding um, pretty much from start to finish, afternoon shift. Even did about six months of midnights, which was oh, absolutely yeah. fucking awful in my opinion. I was the only good thing about it was I could get home and hunt all day in the rut. But then you were so tired. Like, it, it was, yeah, it was a wicked, wicked. Dude, I worked, I was like 22 or 23. Yeah. Just, and I was working an afternoon shift. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Just I drank. I was going to say, well, yeah. I, yeah. Being that bad. age, you're, <laughs> It yeah. was bad. A lot of bush latte. You get off work at like 11 p.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got nothing better to do. you don't have do. to be at work again until 3 p.m. the next day. It's Heading like, to the bar. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Every night. It was not good. Luckily, that did not last. It was probably, probably a, a good, good thing. thing. Yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, I worked there. I did, uh, man, I, I'd be lying if I said I could remember the name of the department that I was in. But we heat treated the tips of, so we made bandsaw blades. Right. And we heat treated the tips of the blades, tempered them to create the hardness in them. Yep. You know, um, and that's what I did. I was in my own department. I was on a day shift job. Yep. And I didn't have to talk to nobody. Didn't have to deal with nobody. It was honestly kind of great. They say, treated me was, very well there. It was going to say it's 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 a good place to work um, if that's a job for you know if that's the standard. Hey, I want to day shift whatever. I'm yeah. going to go. You know, I mean, it's yeah. They, yeah I'd I would recommend anybody to apply there if they were looking for a job. Right. In yep. Northeast Ohio, Canton area. Um, they did. They treated us well, and I hear they're still doing the same thing. But yeah. Um, the thing that happened with me, and I think. I don't know. I honestly don't remember if I saw a commercial or something for a power washing company doing residential, like house washing, mm -hmm. uh, driveway, surface mm -hmm. cleaning, stuff like that. I don't remember what exactly I saw, but I was like, hey, I got a trailer. Mm -hmm. I can do that. I can do that. Yep. So I did the uh, first couple jobs. I grabbed the trailer on my off days from working at the factory. I was going to say, you're, you're, so you're, you're still, still at your factory, factory job, yep. but you're, you're, now you're, you're dipping your toes in the water. We're yep. gonna, we're gonna yeah, dip I was like, in. hey, maybe I can go make a couple extra bucks on the side. I had zero man money management skills at the time. And um, so any dollar I made, I used very quickly. And uh, At the local bar and tavern. <laughs> yeah. Some <laughs> or, local, some not some local. local. Yeah, yeah. All over. <laughs> and uh Maybe a strip club or two. I mean, hey, they need yeah. money too. They're putting kids through college it's and just, different things. Yeah, you know, it is. Just it is. trying to support people. Hey. It wasn't had nothing to do with the women. Friendly people helping friendly people. That's right. And uh, yeah, so I started doing little 
house washing on the side and at the time dude i'd take that green tip on that power washer and i would just beat the shit out of people's siding Oof. just because i was like this is the way to do it you know yeah and um mind you green tip uh, in, in the power washing world that's a high pressure, uh, high pressure and uh, if you don't yeah. know what you're doing you can ruin a house real quick with yeah. that if you ever drove down the road and you saw somebody's house and it looked like Zorro, Zorro, yeah, you, it looks like the Zorro marks on the side of the house. That's somebody that used way too much pressure. That on was a Cole house. in his early twenties. <laughs> yeah, possibly, possibly. I hope they don't call me. Um, but yeah, and, and uh, about that same time, I started learning um, a couple. I just started learning about podcasts, and I kind of slowed down on the drinking a little bit and focused a little bit more at that time i i that's when i started doing the whole bodybuilding thing mm-hmm. for a while there yep and i just got into this like not spiritual bullshit by any means but just like started focusing more on myself and where i want to be and my goals and everything right. and right. started reading books and whatnot and um i remember going in to uh i was going into work on midnights and i I set the bands up God, to where I could get them to nights. run, Ugh, the and there, there was there just wasn't as much management at the time. Oh yeah, so right, right. you could get away with oh doing yeah, kind of whatever yeah. you wanted. So yeah. I would set my machine up to where I'm like, okay, if I set this one, this one, and this line up all at the same time, I'd have like 22 minutes where I could do whatever I want. Yeah, and I know as long as I can keep them in the corner of my eye, they're not going to fuck up. Yeah. So I was reading books, and I was reading uh, Tim Ferriss's book. Uh, the four four hour work week forty hour, I think it's a four hour work week yeah and um and that book just lit a fire in my ass to kind of try to take the business somewhere else and yep. um, I was still on the fence about it and then um, me and another buddy started talking about possibly wanting to do a western hunt mm-hmm. and um, I remember telling them I want to take a vacation and they're like well we can give you that week off but. It's going to have to be the following week because you can't. We need your department filled that week. I was so like, well, at this point, this is when things are starting to click. Like, like, yeah. Hey, I, I want to take it now. Like, yeah, I didn't. You know. I was so new to like the whole like factory work. I guess right. the, the standard work life. That, right. Like, right. I was like, wait, you're going to tell yeah, me when I, I can't this time, go on vacation? But now you're going to tell me when I can take it. Wait a second. Yeah, it just did not sit well with me at right. all. None whatsoever, and um, so I had to start. Man, that between like not being able to take the vacation when exactly I wanted to take it, right. and then reading these books about automation and building systems, and actually turning a hobby into a business, and um, I learned so much more about power washing. I found out about soft washing opposed to using high pressure. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it you're able to do jobs easier, faster, and it gets a, yields a better result mm-hmm. um, from the job. So, um, so things are starting. So now at this point in Cole's mind, I'm guessing wheels are starting to spin on. Hey, I want to be able to hunt and do what I love to do and what I want to do. Hunting's been a constant in my life. I want to be able to enjoy and, and hey, when I want to go, I want to be able to go. Not, hey, sir, hey, ma'am, do you mind if I use my week that I earned this week? Oh, well, no, you got to do it. You know, at this point now, I feel like the, the gears are grinding on, man, this just might not be for me. Yeah, I started looking at, like, okay, what do I want out of the rest of my life here? Mm-hmm. And although I was chasing a dollar, I realized it was more freedom than money right you know right um 
I, you see it all the time in books and everything that um, rich people have a lot of money, wealthy people have freedom. Have freedom, and that is the ultimate goal: is freedom. Yeah, you know, you can live comfortably if if you wanted to, you could live comfortably on twenty five, thirty grand a year and have more freedom and be happy as hell. Yep. Or you could live on. 120,000 a year but be strapped no freedom and hate your life yep. like right. yeah freedom is what makes people happy and yep. that balance that ratio to a little bit of money a little bit of freedom yep that's a that's a solid balance to reach for and that's what I started looking at and um so I did the numbers one day I was like okay after taxes and everything what do I make at MK Morris at the end of the day and I was like okay I need to only if I wash like two houses I'll match what I make in, right. a, in a full paycheck a week or two weeks or forget whatever right. it was right. at MK Moore. So I was like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> I was just up and quit one day. It was kind of a very yep. random thing, but um, I should have done it. Looking back, I should have done it years before. So at, the, at this point now, the, hey, freedom of I want to be able to do, you know, because right now at this point in, in, in the game, you are just kind of getting into Western hunting because whitetails and turkeys, it's, it's in sheds you've done your whole life. You know, you're starting to – I can remember you in early 20s. I was really rolling on Western hunts at that point. Mm-hmm. Didn't know by any means what the fuck I was doing, but I had I had probably four or five solo hunts under my belt, a couple um, semi-guided Western hunts. Um, I, had, I had killed a, a bull at that by, by that point in time in New Mexico, shot a lion – um, was chasing the mule deer thing around hot and heavy. And I remember, you know, I could tell you, we would, t- you know, Cole and I talked a lot. Um, I could tell you were, you were getting the Western bug. You, you were getting very interested and intrigued in what was going on. And the biggest thing I kept telling you was, man, at this point in, in time, I was working at the County Highway Department. Now we got a lot of time off there and we could use it whenever we wanted. And I was burning a ton of time in August and September going on these hunts. I was hunting Kentucky velvet bucks early in um, the season. Um, I'd hunt mule deer. You know, so I was going from whitetails to mule deer to, to elk, you know, kind of antelope bouncing around. And the biggest thing I kept telling Cole was time. You got to have time. You can't expect to go out there in five days and get it done. You know, you need time. You need time. And I could tell that was resonating with you on, dude, if I want to do this, a week just isn't enough. It's not long enough, you know. Mind you, you've already been told from a job, "Hey, you can't go this week." You got, you know. So now you've got that in the back of your head too. So you're like, "All right, fuck it. I'm out of here. Yeah, going on my own. I'm starting the business. It's going to be the American dream, with the intent of I'm going to have the freedom and and I'm going to hunt when I want. I'm going to do what I want to do. Transition that now into okay. You start your business. Now you've got time because this business really slows down when hunting season basically comes in. Yeah, it all kind of came full circle with me as I was taking the business full time. And, and and I was still, I had this in the back of my mind before I quit too, but I was, you know, I wanted something that was going to support the, the, the future that I wanted, which included a lot of hunting. Right. And you look at the power washing industry, we're good here in Northeast Ohio. We got a solid, maybe eight eight and a half, nine months, if it we're lucky, of power washing, and then winter comes around, and then that's, we shut down. Yeah, that's the end. We shut down for the winter. So I was like, well, perfect. I'll shut down and hunt all winter. 
And for the first couple of years of doing it, it worked out great because I did not understand money management. I didn't understand um, putting money aside, setting up for retirement. I, I didn't understand all of that. So when I would make four or 500 bucks for the week, I'm like, sweet. I got beer money. Yep. I got gas money. I got hot I can money. take the next two weeks off <laughs> yeah. if I wanted to because I'm fucking rich. Yeah. You right, know? Right. And, and, uh, Whenever really. Oh, dude, I, I get hit hard with yeah. the. Yeah. Yeah. I learned about taxes and everything else yeah. after about that second, third year. And boy, yeah, it slapped me in the face. But, that's um, the wet's a bad three letter word. Oh, it still slaps me in the face every year. But. But I saw, after I did that, I saw the freedom that I now had. I was like, okay, well, now I can kind of venture into these Western hunts like I wanted to. And yep. and this is where I think my story kind of resonate with a lot of the working class individuals that um, how I kind of transitioned this into setting myself up to be able to hunt whenever I wanted. Yeah. I mean... And travel around. You know, you're in a lot of states. You do yeah. a lot of traveling, as do I. You know, so it's yeah, yeah. Last year, I spent Logan and I spent like 22, 23 days in Colorado, right. plus a right. mule deer hunt, and just and most people are lucky if they got a week to go do that. Oh, realistically, yeah. yeah. You, know, you guys damn near took off for a month and said <laughs> we pretty much did. Hey, we're <laughs> heading west. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it was awesome, and um, so. Basically, what I did was um, I still didn't have a whole lot of money. I just had what I was making. And um, I built the power washing business to, like, a lot of people mess up. I think they think, oh, well, I need to, if I want to hunt for the rest of my life, per se, whatever. It could be any hobby. You use hunting. Somebody said, oh, I want to hunt for the rest of my life. I need to be a professional hunter and I need to have a whatever say a tv show yeah when in reality there's another route that a lot of people can go to hunt every single day if mm-hmm. they wanted to yep that has nothing to, do, nothing with, to do with yeah. yeah and so many people miss that route but i think that's actually the easier route to go instead of instead of building a job inside of the passion you enjoy right i think for me anyways i think the better route to go is to find a find a an industry or find mm-hmm. something you don't mind doing maybe even you love doing it just not as a hobby or a passion but um find something that supports your passion your passion yep. yeah which my passion is hunting western more than lately western bow hunting but um yeah find find something that is going to support the passion mm-hmm. that you want to do not jump into the passion and try to look for income that way. Right. You know, I've got the power washing business that gives me my winners off. It allows me to save up and budget for whatever, say I want to take a month off. I can look at my numbers and go, okay, I need to bunt, I need to budget this much money to get through a right. September elk hunt. Yep. And I need to send out this much marketing material to make sure I have work when I get back. Uh, stuff like that. I think, um, I think it's often missed. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of people that think, oh, the only way I can quote unquote hunt all the time is if I'm working in the hunting industry or I'm a hunting quote unquote 
hunting for a living, which is it's hilarious to me because nobody gets paid to hunt. That's that's like a huge, like no. it's it's a no. everyone is like, oh man, that's cool, Clint. You you're, you know you're basically getting paid to hunt. This mm-hmm. isn't the 1800s. Yep. Nope. The government's no. not not no. Nope. I mean, that. you know, I get paid to write articles. Uh, podcast, work with sponsors, work, you know, photography. Um, no one actually pays me to go hunt Colorado mule deer. No one actually pays me to go shoot a whitetail. Like, nope, that's, I'm nope. not getting paid to hunt anything actually. Like, and that's how it is. Uh, you know, Kurt just went full time with the podcast. My good buddy, Bo Martonic, who was just on last week's podcast, he just went full time, you know. And us three, we always laugh about it. Um, I'm like part-time, you know, midway there. Um, yeah, everyone, oh, that's cool. You get paid to hunt. Nope. Not yeah. one penny of me is getting paid to hunt. You know, I get paid to do things in the industry, but I am not getting paid to hunt anything. Like, not No, and I think a lot of people even probably look at, like, you guys, Kurt, Bo, all them guys, and they're like, oh, they're... They pretty much just hunt for a living, or they yeah. get paid to hunt. Right. No. Like, no. Nah. Kurt is in the podcasting and oh, communications people, industry. Yeah, yeah. He's in the networking yeah. industry. Yeah. Social media industry. Yes. Like, what him and yeah. Bo do in a weekly basis on Instagram alone, um, most people couldn't do all that in three months. And, and that's what they, you know, what they yeah. get accomplished in a week, most people wouldn't be able to do in three or four months if you made them do it. You know? Yeah. And that's just on promoting the podcast for the week you know i mean it's it's crazy what all entails there but yeah, i think the, the the only guy that ever finishes a hunt and waits on a paycheck is a guide yeah, he, oh, yeah. that is literally yeah and unless i'm missing some maybe there's somebody out there i don't know yeah but i don't care if you're jim shockey or you're one of us guys mm-hmm. bo any of them guys it unless i'm missing something i don't think you're getting a paycheck at the end of a hunt but when they finish a podcast yep they're getting paid yeah you know yeah they're absolutely. doing something that supports their passion they're right. not they're not trying to make it in their passion yeah no absolutely so all right so you, you start advanced pressure washing you got this business rolling you, you, now you're really getting into western hunts now this is this is where i get i get all giddy to talk about because i i can remember um you know you bringing up man I think I'm going to go solo. I think I'm going to die, you know, and, and, and I remember us having a phone conversation. And I'm like, man, you just got to dive in and do it. You're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. I'm like, I, I think you'll love it. You know, so your love for Western hunting, you've grown up hunting whitetails and very similar story to me. Whitetails, turkeys, sheds. That's all we knew. That's all we did. Um, I found out what Western hunting was and fucking just became obsessed isn't even the right word for it, but that's just the word I'll use. It's all I think about. It's all I want to do. Spot and stock. I don't care if it's elk, mule deer, antelope. Doesn't matter. Whatever. Um, you start to break into the western thing, and and I believe you and Logan went on a few hunts. Yep. And then the solo thing comes in, and 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 that solo gig is cool because it's solo. You don't have to worry about anybody else. You don't have to rely on anybody else, and you don't have to base your time. You want to leave on a Wednesday and last minute change it to Tuesday night. You do it. You're going to come back Friday. You decide, fuck it, I'm staying till Sunday. You do it. You know, it's it's all based off of you. And I think that intrigued you because you're not having to worry about anybody else. But it's a big plunge. You yeah. Know? It's a, it's oh, it a, is, for sure. It's a big plunge. And <clears throat> yeah. I'll say, um, like, something that helped me, too, 
that I think might bring some value to people here is that like when I say I didn't have a whole lot of money jumping into my western hunting hmm. I didn't I hadn't right. I wasn't well, like a, help a me sponsored hunter yeah, right. yeah yeah same thing um, I just wanted to go I remember um, my first western hunt was me and Zach McCall went on a rifle antelope hunt yep. um, I had a connection out there he was like hey apply apply for this unit go out here you'll see goats mm-hmm. and we did there was more goats than people right we had a blast with both shot goats the me old and, speed goat me and Zach McCall yeah it was yep. an absolute blast um but after going out there, I absolutely fell in love with that, and that was even like prairie flat yeah. land. It oh, yeah. wasn't even still mountains. an eye opener. Though. Yeah, yeah, that was Wyoming, and um, so I was like, okay, I am coming back here every single year for the rest of my life. Yep. I don't care what happens. Yep. And um, so fast forward, I think I skipped a year or two, and that was when I was like just starting to bring the business up. And um, now that I have the business, now I have a little bit of time. Um, I had time still not managing my money, but I had enough to where like I could make it work one way or another. So I went through this like, like two or three step process to figure out what I want to hunt and how I can make it happen. And I looked at a couple things. I looked at what animal did I want to hunt? And that was a mule deer. Yeah. They have the biggest antler to body ratio. They're, they're just, they're, everything about them i loved them kurt and i just did a podcast yesterday on you're either team kurt whitetail or your team clint mule deer and at the end of it he goes god damn it he goes i think i'm i think i'm on your team he goes and this is this is a debate we're against each other he goes but you got me talked into i might like mule deer better now you know and like we're laughing and joking but it's hard to be i mean in my opinion a giant mule deer is as cool as it gets i mean oh yeah i was telling my dad the other day i was like him and i went to dinner and I was telling my dad, like, anymore, after shooting a few mule deer, I sit in the tree stand and just beat my head off the tree because I'm like, yeah. God, yeah. I, want, I want to glass. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah. I want to sit in glass. And, and just I wanna... go make a stock, make a play. Yeah. Yeah. Bring the battle to them instead of waiting on them to bring it to you. That's, oh, I yeah. talked about that with Kurt. Like, I'm, that's that's what the adventure and everything that entails. It's a lifestyle. You want to hunt mule deer, especially high country? You're going to go to the gym. You're going to run. You better watch what you eat. You better shoot. You better. It's a whole year of you prepping you to go do that stuff but but yeah so after like narrowing it down like i want to shoot a mule deer yep i said okay i don't have a lot of money for gas so what is the closest (laughs) i can travel to shoot a mule deer and i googled it what's the closest i can shoot to shoot a mule deer to ohio and a bunch of high fence places come up perfect yeah (laughs) for 12 grand you can come shoot 190 inch mule deer (laughs) yeah so couldn't afford that either clearly so it was like if I remember right, it was like North Dakota, South Dakota, right, and um, Nebraska, Nebraska, Kansas, yep. probably something yep. like that. Yep, those were like the closest states to Ohio that I could go to. I was like, okay, fuel wise to drive and travel, one of those states is where I need to go. Right. So then I looked at um, tag cost compared to availability. Yeah. How much does a tag cost? How easy is it going to be for me to get? Yeah. And long story short, I went through like North Dakota, I went through South Dakota, I went through Nebraska. Um, I don't think I did a whole lot on Kansas, surprisingly, but um, I found out that South Dakota offers an any deer yep. over the counter. It's technically you have to apply for it, but I think you guys talked about this with the Buckstorm guys on the show. Yeah, yep. I, I remember listening to that. Yeah, um, so they've talked about it before. It's a any deer, whitetail, doe, buck, yep, mule deer doesn't matter. Uh, archery tag at the time it was like. 
$286, I think it was. Which is super cheap for oh, yes. a mule tag. For, it was an archery tag. Obviously, Crazy you get a cheap. rifle with it. But, um, um, so, after running the numbers with everything, it was like, okay, I can... South Dakota's the shortest drive. I can get a mule deer tag, guaranteed tag, yep. for $286 with a bow. So, I talked about it with a few friends, which you guys know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Linda Mood and oh, yeah. Drew Harding. Yep. They went out with me on my first yep. mule deer hunt. I remember and, that. Um, I think it was their... I know... I don't know about Drew, but I know Justin had been out west before, but um, I don't know if he'd hunted mule deer or not. But, um, yeah, the, us three went out, and um, it was – that first trip was uh, everything from a learning experience to a absolute blast. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. just – it that trip really set in stone for how much I love western bow hunting, mule deer specifically because – I mean, hell, I think between the three of us, we were there for like six days and we found, I want to say we brought home like close to 30 sheds. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, a lot of people aren't even doing that in a whole right. season yeah. in Ohio yeah, with yeah. whitetails, you know? And, um, but yeah, so I was able to narrow it down and I, I mean, I did that hunt. I'm still doing that hunt to this day. Right. I was gonna say, yeah, that's that's like one of your favorites. Yeah. Yep. It, it took me for that first trip. Um, that first trip, I shot a doe, mule deer. My first mule deer was a doe. Uh, second to last day of the season, or of the hunt, I mean. And um, thank God it was within dragging distance of the truck because I don't even think I had a frame pack. <laughs> I had, dude, I had just, no clue what I was throw doing. it in your bag and go I didn't even it. think about it right. I, I remember like looking back I think about that hunt I'm like geez had I killed an actual like decent mule deer four or five miles from the truck I don't right. I, I don't know what I'd have done just bear hug a quarter and carry it back yeah I think I had like a Walmart Alps pack yeah. shoved the fucking grunt call and some yeah powdered coffee or something in there I don't remember I don't even know what the hell I had but that's funny yeah, maybe some electric tape. I feel like I always pack that. But, um, yeah, so learned a lot on that hunt. Had an absolute blast with them guys. And um, I continued to go back every year. The following year, Logan Sellers ended up, um, started coming with me. And right. um, I'll say the first two, three, yeah, the first three years of going out there, I didn't shoot a buck. But mm-hmm. we got, we learned more each time. Yep. And um, took away from the hunt each time. And fast forward to year that's, four. I mean, that's all part of it, especially when you go from Ohio hunting to Western hunting. I mean, it's it's a big, big, big learning curve. You know, I mean, it's oh, a it totally is. different and style. It's a totally different. The whole hunt is completely different. And it and it, it goes back to correlating with business as well, like. It's the same thing. You have to learn what works and invest heavily in it. Figure out what doesn't work. And if you watch Shark Tank, Kevin O'Leary would tell you to take it out back and shoot it. Yeah. You know, figure out what doesn't work. Quit doing it immediately. Take the effort you were doing that you were using on that thing and apply it to what is working. Right. And you'll set yourself up for success by gradually doing this over the time. And I've done that in my business and I've done that in 
um, Western bow hunting, learning how to do that as well. Like, yeah. you figure shit out slower. I, I'm constantly telling myself, move slower. Oh yeah. You can never move slow enough. Yep. And you, you. Oh, I get it. I'm I mean, sitting it, here, it, my it mind, I'm four, picturing all the bucks that right? <laughs> jumped. It was, uh, yeah. I mean, it was my fourth year, fourth different unit in Colorado till I scored. You know, and I mean, and it was all oh, those first two years. I mean. The, just the just stupidity of not knowing any better the fuck ups I made on some really really good deer like oh I'd do anything to have those opportunities back oh my gosh I, and I just didn't know any better you know yep. I'm just I just didn't know you know yeah you beat yourself up over it but it's like at the same time it's like alright did I really even right yep you can't go back and change it now so. what what year did you jump into the solo deal? Because I know that was something that really intrigued you and you were really looking forward to like being like, hey, I'm just going to dive in and do it. I might like it, might hate it. We're going to find out. Because that's really the only way you're going to find out. You know, I can tell someone how much they might love it or hate it. You could tell someone now that you've done it, hey, how much you might love or hate. But until you actually go dive into solo yeah. hunting, um, <clears throat> when you're states and states and you know, 20, 30 hours away from home, like it, it's... It's all on you. It's different. It's it's very different. Yeah, it was one of those deals where it's like, um, I had the time off, right? And I was like, I I have the point. I I want to use it. Nobody else. I didn't like. I would have went with somebody else, but right. I didn't know anybody else, or not so much of a people person. Maybe I knew some people, but I just don't like people enough right. that right. I wanted to go with. She <laughs> so said, "Fuck but, it, I'm just gonna." Yeah. So I was like, well, fuck it. I can draw this tag in Wyoming. And yep. um, odds are low. It was a general mule deer tag, but I wanted to go. And I love being outside of my comfort zone more than being in it. So I jumped in and drew that. Um, that was, uh, God, I want to say that was 2019. That, that sounds about right. 2019 or 2020. That sounds about right, 2019. Because yeah, it wasn't that long ago, two, three years ago. Yeah, um, that sounds about right. Yep, I just decided, fuck it, I'm gonna get the tag, and I got the tag, and uh, um, it was not a, it wasn't like a true backcountry hunt. Um, I did stay in my camper, the camper Logan and I built, and um, I had a few days where I stayed backcountry, mm-hmm. but um, still though, you're on I your was own, still you're, you're by myself. I yeah. went for just about two and a half weeks. Yeah, um, long time. Yep, and we were talking about this this morning. It was on the third day, second or third day of the hunt. Um, well, before I even get to that, I'll just say I pulled up for the first day of the hunt and what I pulled into, what I thought was going to be like, nobody here. I pulled into surprise Memorial Day weekend or (laughs) or whatever that weekend is. Everybody and their fucking brothers there. I forget what weekend it was. Yeah. It was, um, some holiday weekend. By God, there was 30, I think I counted like 30 some campers all in like a, a fucking corral yeah. in a big circle and everybody had a razor and a four-wheeler oh, and yeah. I'm up there to bow hunt. Yeah. I'm like, this is not good. But, um, so I had to travel away from all them and, uh, on the second or third day of the hunt, um, I had ran into some other guys. Thankfully I found some other guys that were elk hunters. Hopefully they listened to this. I have not talked to them since they were awesome (laughs) before they shot elk. And, um, before they left, they filled my camper full of any food they had left over and left. And I never talked to him again. It was super thankful. Shout out to those guys. That's nice. Fuck. Yes, dude. I, I went from eating like 
Nothing to hot dogs and freeze dried foods or whatever rehydrated foods to fucking lasagna. They had oh my god, they hooked me up with a bunch of homemade food. But um, that's badass. That's it awesome. was, dude. I came back from a hunt at night and I opened my freezer to grab like whatever was in there because I had a little generator and yeah, I packed, brought a little freezer and I opened it up, dude. It was just stacked to the top, full of homemade meals. That's awesome. It was sweet. Yeah, yeah. and I, I never that's got their number. I don't even remember day. their name. But, um, yeah, that second or third morning, I had uh, got away from the crowd, and I was sneaking up. I finally found some decent deer. They were bedded up. There was two decent mule deer, probably, to me at the time, they were going to be my first mule deer, probably 135 to 140 bucks, um, bedded up on the edge of this, like, small, short pine field. And um, I found there was, like, one trail that went up mm-hmm. to... They were, it was on the downwind side. It was perfect. I was going to go up this trail. I'd be about 60 yards behind him. And as I was crawling up that, not crawling, but as I was sneaking up that trail, I had my bow in my hand. I happened to look up in front of me and like coming down the hillside in front of me, I saw just this, this figure running. Mm-hmm. And first thought was just because being an Ohio boy, I'm like, oh, cool, coyote. And within like a fraction of a second, it dawned on me that it was a mountain lion. And it's not mountain, a coyote. <laughs> no, it's not. At this a point, coyote you're really cow. hoping though it was a coyote. Yes. And um, so this mountain lion's running down the same trail I'm on. I don't know why he was running, but he was running right at me. And um, I all I had on me was my bow and this like old ass 357 revolver. Oh Jesus. Oh, uh, I, I don't even know why I had it. It was just extra weight for no. I, was gonna I wasn't say, gonna hit shit. I was gonna say that's a heavy, heavy oh, gun. It was like an old fucking Western revolver. Yeah. I wasn't gonna hit shit with it. I don't know why I had it. Maybe to shoot myself, if I got attacked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before yeah. you get killed, mauled yeah. to death, I'll just shoot myself. Just put myself out. That's why I brought it. And, <laughs> oh, uh, that's great. I mean, it would make a loud bang. Maybe that scared. I mean, fuck. That's all it would have done. Yeah, I'd, I fucking dropped my bow. Your old bow. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I did yeah. tell you that, yeah. I fucking dropped my bow and pulled that pistol out, and I'm yelling and screaming and pointing this thing at it, and it runs runs right down at me, same trail, stops about 15 feet in front of me, and sits down. And I'm yelling and screaming, and finally it takes off, turns around the other way and ran. But, um, dude, that put me... It was so hard to hunt the rest of the trip. I had oh, I two and a half weeks ahead of me, and the second day I have a mountain lion yep. within 15 feet of me, and I was a, that was a solo trip. So I was by myself for about two and a half weeks, and uh, yeah, dude, it was... What'd you think, though, overall? I mean, solo-wise. I mean, I know what you thought, but I mean, what... Yeah, you know. I, think, um, I think you go through this mindset shift about a week... Mm-hmm. Like five to seven days in, you go through this mindset shift of like, okay, that initial excitement that was driving you of like, okay, yeah. I'm finally here. Mm-hmm. That only gets you so far. Oh, yeah. And then once you get to like day six. It wears off quick, honestly. Yes. Especially when you're not seeing shit. We wasn't seeing shit. Or I guess it, not we. I wasn't. But um, that hunt was just, it was just terrible altogether as far as like seeing deer. And so 
day five or six or whatever, like that initial excitement of being there and everything, that motivation has just died at that point. And it's like you have this mindset shift of like, okay, it's I'm not running on adrenaline and excitement anymore. Right. Oh yeah. No, you're you're in the war now. I have to physically tell myself to yep. keep going because it's 90 degrees. I'm not seeing deer. I'm hearing four wheelers and people everywhere. And I had every reason to book to not want to keep going. But um, luckily, like day, I think it was day seven or eight, I packed up, left that campground after them other hunters left. Because I was like, uh, just by myself up there with um, no deer, no nothing, no motivation. You had a mountain line up there, though. I did have a mountain line. I did have a mountain line and a bunch of lasagna. And, uh, <laughs> and um, so I sat there on Onyx. That last night I sat there on Onyx. And um, luckily I found this uh, area like, it was like an hour and a half northeast or northwest of where I was. I was like, well, I'll just go up there. And I went up there and sure shit, I got into deer. And I still didn't end up shooting one, but um, I'm super grateful that I'd kind of realized that I was losing motivation. I was like, right. I had to make a change. Like yep. something has to change and nobody's sometimes, gonna change it for me. Yeah, sometimes a, a change is like what the mind needs, just a good I'll a good it, yeah. mindset shift. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I went up to that new area and sure enough, dude, there was elk bugling everywhere. Yep. Like it was big bulls, big three twenty plus bulls and bugling every morning. Like that was awesome. And then on yep. top of that, I was actually getting into deer and seeing deer and um and I met another hunter there that I still keep in contact with to this oh, day. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And um, just, yeah, being alone by yourself, which, like I said, you get that day yep. six, day seven. It's tough. Oh, it is. So coming full circle now, you know, in your opinion, I mean, what's what's the best way to sum up, like, what your business, you know, advanced pressure washing, what it's done for you in, in the change in your life, where you're at, um, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be, you know, you're happier with where you're at because of the freedom it gives you, what it allows you to do. Like, you know, looking back now, it's kind of like, man, I chased a, a dream to then allow myself to go chase other dreams. The dreams, I might have my own business, be successful, and then go chase my hunting dreams. Like, how's that all kind of tie in now? Like, okay, you've been doing this for six, seven years. Here you are now. You know, like, is it kind of everything you thought it was going to be? More or less? I mean... <laughs> in some aspects more in some aspects less yeah um it like i will say that i i quit that job at nk morris to take the business full-time and like i said that first few years i was just having fun living right. on whatever right. little like i could make a thousand bucks a week power washing houses i was happy on that um and and that was all great but a few years went by and i realized that okay if this is like going to support me for the rest of my life I have to actually scale this into something that's going to work right. for me. And um, doing that was like, I went from quitting the job because I didn't have enough time to do things I love to now working 24-7. Right. Right. I'm always not working. Or I'm, I'm always working. Um, yeah, it's, uh, but nothing good in life, in my opinion, nothing good in life comes easy. Right. I think yep, I agree that, with that. Yeah, I think that um, 
if you're going to receive some something good, some sort of satisfaction, there was some sort of work put behind it, and right. that's where I'm at now. Is like I've worked so hard for three, four years that I'm able to step back, relax, take a month off if yep. I want, take a week off if I want. I took last winter. I spent two and a half months in Florida. Not in Florida, <laughs> yeah. I literally skipped winter. This Cole past wasn't year. chasing white tails or mule deer around <laughs> down there, but he was probably, I'm sure, chasing something. No, I was giant grouper. Jig, <laughs> yeah. Fucking. Yeah, you um, did. I do remember the pictures. Hundred pound grouper with my uncle and um, sharks, and, and I caught. I have so much sheep head in my freezer. Um, so it's like I, you know, I I built something that supports the lifestyle that I want. And yep. I think that's very doable for many people out there. Yep. It's not going to be easy, but it will be very rewarding if you're willing to find out what's working, yep. reinvest in say it, weather, find out what isn't working. Weather the storms. Yep. Yeah, if you can overcome the adversity and and just keep going through the hard times, there's there's definitely good times on the end yeah. of it, but light, light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, it's kind of the the American dream, you know. I mean, for guys that will come to me, man, you know, I'd love to um, have more time to hunt. I'd love to, you know. Okay, well, a lot of that's going to be a life change of some sort, a sacrifice change, and I mean, and and you know, I mean, I don't care if it's um, a job, relationships, whatever. I mean, you're not going to do quote unquote what you want to do and have everything just come easy and handed to you. I mean, that's just not how it works. You know, no. I mean, I've missed out on a lot of things chasing the the hunting dream and, and wanting to be a writer and wanting to be in the industry um, and, and make a decent living at that and having the freedom to do that. You know, you quit what a job that a lot of people would would give to have well you know they'd give a lot to have but it just wasn't giving you what you needed out of life so you had to freaking make a change and a lot of people you know they live in this box and they don't ever want to leave the box you know man oh, i yeah. would love to do what cole does but ooh, god i'd have to quit my job and start doing that oh fuck nope 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 not gonna do it and then 30 years go by and that same person's the guy that's like wow my life's almost over or it's half over or whatever. I really wish I would have took that plunge and went and did what Cole did or what Clint did or Kurt or, but you know, it, it, it go chased what I wanted to chase as far as dreams. And what, like you said earlier, whatever your passion is, I don't give a shit if it's skateboarding or bow hunting or fucking whatever you want to do, you know, but if you don't have time to do it, how are you ever going to enjoy it? And people that say, oh man, I'd love to hunt more, but I just don't have the lifestyle to do it. I mean, no one's got a gun realistically to your head that's making you stay in that box. You can leave the box. Oh, yeah. And, and, and a lot of people, they're scared to death. Here's what I know. Here's what I do. I just can't fucking leave the box. And it's like, if you only live in that box, what you're getting is what you're getting. No one's going to come put anything in your box. No one's going to come hand you another box. Like, that's it. You got your box. You live in the box. And that's that's it, you know. And yeah, for me, the box. People thought I was nuts. I gave up a county job, which is a you know county highway, which is a state job. You know, you're fucking crazy. I wanted to farm. I wanted to be in the hunting industry, doing you know doing the writing, doing the podcast. You know, now this job it's cool for me because this job works out great working for you. I can power wash seven eight hours a day, and then I can still go farm, still do my hunting stuff. So with the kids, it works out great. Like. 
But it took me a long time to put all these pieces together. And the first year I quit the county was a shell shock because for 10 years I was used to a, a, this. I am getting this much money every week, whether I'm at work or I'm not at work. Mm-hmm. I'm getting that. Here's the set amount. This is what I'm getting. I'm getting benefits. I'm getting time off. But the problem was it just wasn't enough. And I wanted the freedom of, hey, when I want to go, I'm going to go. When I want to do that, you know, I, I just I wanted more. And in order to get more, I had to leave my box that was that job of 10 years. Um, I had to I had to leave the box. It's scary to leave the box. But now, because I've left that opportunities like this podcast only happen because Kurt and Eric know I've got the time to put into this. Um, the writing opportunities, you know, um, you know, it, that stuff all has taken place because I left the box for you. It's the same deal. Like you've got all these opportunities now with your business. Um, you got lots of big trips planned coming up in the near future. Lots of things you want to go hunt. You're building points. You're doing this. You're doing that. Could you have still done that working at MK? Not saying you couldn't have, but it would have been a very small scale compared to what you're doing now. You ain't leaving for three weeks at working there. No. And having a job when you get back. No. They'd tell you real quick, go ahead and go. We'll send you your last paycheck. Adios, amigo. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's like, um, it. a lot of people live in the comfort zone. Yep. And they think that, like, they think that, okay, I'm happy here. I like what I do and maybe do, whatever. If, but I guarantee you, deep down, you want more. You right. might not say you yeah. want, but everybody does. Yeah, that's human nature. Exactly, it's human nature. We always want more. Right, and you don't learn anything in the comfort zone when you're just living yep. there comfortably. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. There's yep. no such thing as being static with something. Yep. In life, hobbies, business, skills, Absolutely. learning anything. There's no such thing as just being static, staying right there. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. Yep. And so many people are sitting in that box just getting worse. And um, there's a lot of opportunity out there. And you got to step outside your comfort zone because yep. that's where you're going to learn. It's where you're going to learn new things. You're going to fail, but that's all right. If you look at statistically the most successful people in the world, they're not successful because they've had more success than anybody else. They've had more success than anybody else because they yep. failed more than anybody else. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... It's just that's the reality of it is if you want more out of life, you got to fail more yep. and learn from uh, it. I mean, a lot of people settle. And I mean, I, I've used that as my like hashtag and slogan on this podcast. Oh. I close every one of them out with, hey, you guys know what to do. Don't fucking settle. And that's that's for life. That's for bow hunting. That's for women. What, yeah. Any, whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Anything. I mean, you know, a, a relationship. I mean, anything that you do, um, if you're settling – I mean, you're honestly, you're going backwards, realistically. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, just like my Western bow hunting. Like, I went to South Dakota four years in a row, and, yep. or three years in a row, and didn't kill a nice buck. Yep. And now here we are, year four. Yep. I've learned a lot. Or uh, last year, year before last was year four. I shot a really nice buck. Yep. Uh, really awesome mule deer. And the following year, this past year, I shot another mule deer yep. back to back. So I went three years of not killing anything to yep. two years in a row now killing nice deer. Yep. Figuring it out and learning and Yeah, like it's being, gonna take some trial and error, but being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's you know, that that's a big one. Well 
Cole, I can't thank you enough for for having you on. Give us uh, give us a rundown. You've got a couple different things going on. Like, where can people find you if they want to follow you? If the business, as far as you know, social media and different things. Give us just give people a quick rundown on. Hey, here's here's the business stuff. Here's my stuff. You got a, a, a cool personal page that you run on your own yourself, just with what you do and your hunts and different things. You're always out doing something cool. So give us give us a rundown. Yeah, no doubt. Um, obviously, I'm going to give a shameless plug for my business because absolutely, you're in Northeast Ohio, anywhere in Ohio. I'd be ashamed of you and, if you uh, didn't. Yeah, well, and like you heard, Clint's working with me now here, so um, good chance you might get a meet and greet if you refer <laughs> some business. A rub um, and tug, meet and greet, whatever you want to yeah, call it. Yeah, I don't know if I'll give you a discount, but um, I'll give you a meet and greet with Clint, and uh, maybe he can pump out a sticker for you. Or yeah, there you but, go. Right. No, we'd, we'd do some sort of deal for you. Um, anybody in Northeast Ohio or uh, if it's large enough anywhere in Ohio, um, we do everything from large commercial power washing. We've done hotels. We have a hotel cleaning yep. coming up here in about two weeks. Yep. Um, we've done, uh, we did a warehouse a month ago, about, yeah, so. about a month it was 287,000 square yeah. foot. Uh, a big warehouse. old, uh, yeah. it's going to be a TSC, right? Tractor supply, yeah. TSC yep. warehouse, yeah. So. Support tractor supply. There you I think go. It's coming from us that so we clean that building. There you go. And um, but yeah, so anything from large commercial down to um, power washing, soft washing, um, residential homes, window cleaning, gutter cleanouts, concrete cleaning and sealing. Brand um, new window system that's real badass. It is not to brag, but it's pretty legit. It is, and I need to get more jobs with it so we can justify what I paid for See? this fucking thing. Call us. We'll come to your windows. Yeah, and. Um, so that's uh, company name is Advanced Power Washing, Advanced Pressure Washing. I think is what it actually says on Google. Um, my phone number, call, text me. I don't care. Three three zero nine three three two seven zero six. Christ, um, the ladies are going nuts now. Jesus. Oh, after God. they see the Instagram, oh they might. My God, know. here we go. Fuck. <laughs> um, the Instagram. Boy, I almost have to look, but I think it's Cole.Sikafoos. My last name is Sikafoos. S i c k a f o o s e. Um. Facebook, same thing. Um, yeah. And you've got the Instagram for, for the business. Oh, uh, yeah. Business Instagram is advanced.pressure.washing, yeah. maybe, I think. Yeah. But always posting uh, quality shit on the business page. Yeah, and I'll, I'll add a link. Um, or I should say Kurt will. Kurt will uh, he does all the bios and, and the links and stuff, but I'll make sure he adds that in there. Um, links to yeah. like the Instagram and, and the business and whatnot. So, and I'll say too, um, if anybody out there, if anybody in uh, the WC network here, WCB network, um, if you have a business idea or you have something that you're looking to move forward with and you're just mm-hmm. nervous about it, um, or if maybe if it's even a power washing company, maybe you're you already started a power washing company on the side and you're just looking for a little bit of guidance, a little bit of help. Um, I've learned a lot. I'm an open book when it comes to helping people. I have the feeling you get when you help somebody is yep. next to shooting it. It's not quite like shooting a big mule deer, but it's, it's, close, it's huh? close to shooting a yep. big mule deer. So I'm an open book when it comes to um, helping anybody with uh, getting your business up and going and uh, finding out some new systems and things we can implement to uh, get you moving and hopefully get you to where you're taking a month off in September to try to hunt some elk. Elk, so, roe deer, antelope, what, white me. tails. Reach whatever. out to me. Fax me. Email Hell, me. even sext him. He doesn't care. Sext me. Hey, sext me. <laughs> well, Cole, it's been fun, my man. 
Glad you got to have you on. It's been a long time coming. Um, I definitely, uh, definitely appreciate uh, what you've done for me as far as the opportunity. It's uh, we have a hell of a good time. We always joke around every morning and say, "Well, today's going to be a good day. We're going to get to go spray water." And, and it never uh, is. We've yet to have a good day. It's. I mean, you know what? Today was a good day, though. We're sitting here. We're drinking bush beer and we're doing a podcast. It was. So At one o'clock on a Friday. one o'clock. I'm going to go uh, leave here, and I got one final field of beans to plant i got 18 acres standing uh, in front of me and that's it for planning for the year Damn. pretty excited about that um being that it's almost july so yeah that that i'm about three weeks out but with the rain and shit so that's what i'm gonna go do cole's probably gonna jump on the old uh, the old computer machine and and either do marketing or do some type of paperwork behind the scenes bullshit that i don't have to do thank god i'm just the guy that sprays water so with that being said hey Appreciate you guys. Um, got some great episodes coming down the pipe. I can't say who, um, but speaking on the mule deer trend, I got um, a, a legend in that game coming up in the next week or two. Um, I've also got some really good early season whitetail stuff coming down the pipe for you guys since that is the season. So be on the lookout. Appreciate all the support. You guys know what to do. Don't fucking settle and uh, go, uh, yeah. Go give Cole a call about the business you're going to start so that way you can hunt all the time. There it is. Can you Boom. see the letter C? See ya. Files.